0: Welcome back to our High Five, where we're going to highlight five awesome things that are happening in the life of our church. So let's jump into it. Up at number five, we're celebrating Ryan and how God is moving in her life. Last Sunday, she was baptized at our Brandon outpost, and it was a beautiful celebration of her faith in Jesus. Way to go, Ryan. This high five goes out to you today. In at number four, this summer, we had a total of eight residents exploring full-time ministry, growing in leadership, and experiencing a variety of different ministries. Thank you for serving to help connect to God, His people, and His mission. This high five goes out to Alyssa, Gabe, Brooke, Rachel, Elizabeth, Micah, Mallory, and Derek. If you're a young leader called to ministry who wants to explore the possibility of this program, visit church.one residency to learn more. Here at number three, registration for our fall semester of Rooted is open and many people have already signed up. So now is your chance to embark on this 10-week discipleship journey with them. In walking through Rooted, you'll come to know God for His character, experience the power of prayer, and discover freedom from life's strongholds. Register now at church.one slash rooted and high five to strong roots in God's love. Up at number two, last week, our Franklin Outpost and friends came together at Trestle View Park for a night of worship. Over 60 people joined in, including a few kayakers. Just before the evening kicked off, Angela declared the work of Christ in her life and was baptized. It was a beautiful celebration of her faith in Jesus. High five, Angela, and high five, Franklin. And finally, up at number one, we're celebrating the seven baptisms our Bedford Outposts experienced this past week. This high five goes out to Deidre, Melody, James, Tristan, Rosa, Maya, and Kaylee. We're so excited for how God is working in and through you. Thanks for joining us for our high five, and I can't wait to celebrate with you in the next one.
1: As life has your life been exactly what you imagine for every single chapter of your life? Anyone in that, in that boat? Every single part of your life is exactly how you imagine it. Sometimes there's good things with it that have worked out in a way that you never expected. Or maybe it's another way that you never thought that you'd be in a certain situation. And at these different crossroads, we can find ourselves asking a lot of Am I questions? Am I this or am I that? Maybe we wonder, am I qualified for this thing? Am I rich enough? Am I the right person for this? Am I smart enough? Am I a good spouse? Am I a good son or daughter? Am I a good dad? Am I a good mom? Am I loved? Am I cared for? Am I important? Am I of any significance at all? There's a story of Moses in the book of Exodus where Moses' life was going one certain direction. He was born an Israelite but then raised by Egyptian royalty. And he was growing up in the house of Pharaoh, the leader of the land. But then one day, Moses killed an Egyptian guard and had to flee into the wilderness. Then when he would flee into the wilderness, he came across a family that brought him in, this shepherding family. And now Moses' identity, how he sees himself is a shepherd, because the Bible describes it as a long period of time that he has been shepherding. But then one day... This crossroads moment, God appears to Moses through the form of a burning bush. And he says, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt and bring my people out of captivity. Then suddenly Moses is is flooded with all of these am I questions. Am I really the one that should be going to do this? Am I smart enough? Am I capable? Am I the right person? Am I going to be able to speak? God, how am I going to do this? I don't even know who you, who you are. Who should I say has sent them? And God responds with this in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. Would you read it along with me as it's up on the screen this morning? It says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites I am has sent me to you. We can get really focused in on the am I questions, and we miss entirely the I am that's staring at us right in the face. Moses was flooded with all these worries, maybe some anxiety and fear of am I this, and God's saying, well, I am. When we pray for one here at One Church and we ask God to give us one person to share his love with, what's beautiful about that is it's an expectant prayer, meaning that God's going to say yes to it. Because God wants everyone to know him and to know his love. God wants everyone to be in relationship with him. There's nobody in your life there's no coworker. there's no family member, there's no friend, there's no one that God does not want to be in relationship with, and that's including you as well. So when we pray for one, there's going to be some of these moments where we start to ask, am I? Am I the one to share God's love with this person? Am I prepared? Am I qualified? Am I smart enough? To, am I eloquent enough? Am I kind enough? Am I too young? Is it not my time? Am I too old? Has my time passed? And in all of these am I questions, God will be there saying, well, I am. And any other voice that we hear that says otherwise, any other voice that isn't Yahweh, that's coming from a false shepherd. Because we can hear other voices, whether they come from us or from other people in our lives, that maybe might be filled with that fear and the worry, maybe violence when it answers that MI question. We're in the book of, of John today, John chapter 10, and Jesus uses a lot of uh, sheep imagery, a lot of shepherding imagery. So I'm hope, hoping that you are brushed up on your sheep knowledge. and if not, it's OK, no need to feel sheep-ish. But thank you. I wasn't sure if I was going to include that one today. We're off to a good start. But Jesus talks about how the sheep come into a pen. And there's only one way into the pen, and that is through the gate. And the only one that uses the gate is the true shepherd, which makes sense. Because anyone else that is hopping over the fence to get into the pen, they're not the true shepherd. If they were, they would just use the gate. But you see, only the true shepherd uses the gate, and there is only one gate. Anything that comes from another direction anything that's bringing fear, that might be a voice of fear or worry, it's not coming from the gate, because only the true shepherd uses the gate. For some backstory of John chapter 10, first we can look at John chapter 9, which makes a lot of sense. But it's the story of of a blind man. And everyone in the town knew that this was the blind man. Everybody knew him. They saw him begging in the streets. And then one day, Jesus comes, and he changes this man's life. He picks up some dirt. He spits into it. Gross. Takes the mud, puts it on the man's eyes. Double gross. Tells the man to go and wash in a pool. He does. And then the man sees. It's a beautiful story showcasing how Jesus is the light Of the world and he comes and he meets us in our darkness. He comes and he meets us in these M.I. statements, these M.I. questions. He comes and meets us in our blindness because he is the light of the world. The issue was there was a certain group of people that weren't too thrilled with the fact that Jesus just performed this miracle. The religious leaders, the Pharisees, They already weren't big fans of Jesus. He was saying some crazy stuff. He was doing some crazy stuff. And they wanted to discredit him. And now here Jesus was working on the Sabbath. (gasps) And a hush fell over the room. You see, when Jesus bent down to pick up the dirt, they said that that was labor, that was work. And they're saying that he was a sinner, but then even the Pharisees were divided because they're saying, well, if he's a sinner, how is he performing these miracles? So they bring the blind man to the synagogue to question him. Well, he wasn't blind anymore, so they bring the seeing man. They bring this normal dude to the synagogue and question him. They say, who is Jesus? How did he do this? How did he heal you? And his answer is so honest, he just says, I don't know, but I was blind, And now I see! I mean, just a a pure answer. And then they didn't like that, so they bring the seeing man's family in front of the synagogue, and they say, was this guy even blind from birth? Was he just making it up the whole time? And their answer is, well, he's of age. Why don't you ask him? Basically saying, kid, you're on your own. So the Pharisees ask again, one more time, to the now seeing man, who is this Jesus? How did he do this? And he said, I already told you. Why are you asking me again unless, like, Do you want to follow him too? Like (laughs) Pharisees, do you also want to follow Jesus? And this throws them completely over the deep end. And the Pharisees hurl this back at the seeing man. They say, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? There's a passage in Ezekiel chapter 34 where God tells Ezekiel to prophesy against the false shepherds that are only looking out for themselves and are not caring for the sheep, caring for God's people. See, here we see some false shepherds that aren't going through the gate. And this hurling of insults, you are steeped in sin from birth. They're the words of imposters. So now back in John chapter 10, in verse 1, Jesus says this, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. And the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. We ask a lot of am I questions throughout our lives. Am I this? Am I that? Am I able to do this? Am I not able to? And the voices that respond back to us, we got to navigate through those. The voices that we have for ourselves are the voices that come from other people. And here Jesus is asking, What voice are you listening to? He offers up two different groups of people there's thieves and robbers. You think about a thief, a thief has a plan. A thief is cunning. They go about their business in a covert way. They don't want to be seen. They want to go in and get what is theirs and get out. A robber goes about their business often through violence, through intimidation, through ways of bringing people down. And so the voices that we hear back when we ask these MI questions, if they're filled with fear and anxiety and depression and worry, or violence, or tearing ourselves down, or tearing down other people, those voices aren't from the true shepherd. Because there's only one gate, and the shepherd comes through that gate. Jesus comes through that gate to his people. Then it's amazing that there's only one gate, and Jesus leads the way. I don't know if you know a lot about uh, sheepdogs, But I found myself in an interaction with a herding dog one day when I was in high school. It was straight out of like a high school rom-com movie. It was prom night, junior year. And prom is a stressful time for a high school boy, because it might be the first time in your life that you actually kind of care about what you look like. (laughs) Every other morning, you just roll out of bed, jeans, sweatshirt, look in the mirror, we're good to go, and you go about your day. But when it comes to prom, hopefully you asked somebody to go with you and they said yes. You're like, oh, okay, great, okay. What's next? I gotta get a tux. What's a tux? So you find your way to Men's Warehouse. And anyone know Men's Warehouse's slogan? You're gonna like the way you look, I, Guarantee it right. I'm still waiting on that guarantee. I did not like the way that I looked, because it's a rental It doesn't fit properly, but you don't know because you're a high school boy You never rented one of these before so you get the tux. Okay, it matches my date's dress Okay, good I have to pick up a corsage that comes in the weird plastic container for some reason like I don't know what this is But here we go then hopefully you can drive or else that gets more awkward and hopefully you have a car, which gets even more awkward still if you don't. So you vacuum out the car, I wash the car, and then I drive to my date's house. I knock on the door, ill-fitting tux, sweating, holding the corsage, and I don't know why, and who answers the door but my date's dad. First thing I see, and there's the date's dad, and their border collie right next to him, and I kid you not, Concord, this is what he said. No, hi, hello, nice to meet you. He just goes, girl, sniff him. <laughs> girl, sniff him. And the dog comes out of the door, and is just circling me and sniffing me. And all, It's a white and black dog, so I'm getting hair all over me. I'm like, what is happening? Then after that first line of security, we got to go to the backyard and take pictures, even though we're going somewhere else to take pictures. It's all a scam, Concord. So we're there. And I'm walking through the backyard, and the dog keeps bumping into me and trying to keep me going on. And I look to my date, I'm like, what's he doing? And she goes, oh, don't worry, she's just hurting you. Like, hurting me? We're in a fenced-in yard in suburbia Pennsylvania. Where am I going to go? But the dog just kept bumping into me, trying to course correct me all the time. And when we think about shepherding, we might have that image of a cowboy somewhere in a in a pasture, and the cowboy's up on a horse, and they got their herd of dogs keeping the sheep in line, that if a sheep gets off course somewhere, there's the dog, to bump them back, to bite at their heels, to get them back on track. See, that might be our, our imagery of shepherding, but the shepherding that Jesus was referring to was different. The place and time when Jesus was sharing this, shepherds instead would call to their sheep, and they would follow him. They would follow the voice of the shepherd. Jesus leads the way. So we continue on here. Now in verse 3. It says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because... They know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. So we can ask, what what version of the true shepherd do you have in your mind? Is it a God that is driving behind you with his dogs ready to come at you anytime that you get off course? Maybe this verbiage sounds familiar to you. Is God a, a, an almighty being from on high with a lightning bolt ready to smite you whenever you get out of line, you fluffy sheep, you? I know that I've had that image of God before. I've been guilty of, of seeing God as just waiting for me to mess up and then course correct me back online. But instead, Jesus is offering this imagery of a a shepherd that's gentle, that's leading us, that is wooing us, that is calling us to him. And any time that we're getting off course, we come back on because we know the voice of the shepherd. We know the voice of Jesus, and we can follow him. So when we talk about following Jesus a couple things that come into play. When we follow Jesus, we listen to his voice. We listen to his voice. We listen for his voice. Because we know it. We've taken time in our lives to listen for the voice of Jesus. Every day spending time with him, every day in prayer, listening to what God has in store for you, asking for him to guide you as we pray for one. Are we going about our lives and our walk with him, taking appropriate steps to learn more of his voice as well? Then when we know his voice and we listen for it, we then know our identity. It says that he knows the sheep's name. So that's amazing in two things. First of all, like the creator of heaven and earth knows your name. The Lord most high, king of kings, he knows your name. Which already answers some of the am I questions. Am I significant? Am I known? Well, God, the God, knows your name. And the second is that we know our true identity in him. Because some of the M.I. questions might lead us into a false understanding of who we are. Am I a mess-up? Am I terrible? Am I awful? Am I hated? Do I hate people? Am I worthless? No. Our identity in him is nothing less than being children of God. Part of the kingdom of heaven. When we follow Jesus, we can trust his guidance. Because every time that he calls us, you see, he's gone before us already. He calls us to him, and we get to follow. So we're walking on the path that Jesus has already stepped in. We're following his voice. We're following his path. And when we are on that path, we know his voice. We know our identity. We are trusting in his guidance. What happens is we flee from distractions. We hear other voices, and we know right away that they do not come from the gate, they don't come from the true shepherd. They are imposters. They are false shepherds. You see, we follow the voice of Jesus. We trust his guidance. But first, it says that we gotta enter through the gate. And the beautiful thing is, is that Jesus is the gate which might not make a lot of sense, because we've been setting it up talking about this true shepherd. Okay, Luke, yeah, we're talking that we need to follow the shepherd, trust in his guidance, follow in his path. Jesus is the shepherd, true, but also Jesus is the gate. Before we even start out on the path, first got to pass through that gate. And he continues on here. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am, to the full. Often when these shepherds would bring their sheep into these pens, the shepherds themselves would become part of the gate. They would lay down in front of the opening so that nothing could come in and nothing could go out without the shepherd knowing it. See, we got to pass everything through the lens of Jesus. And when it talks about This going out and coming in reminds me of Proverbs chapter 16. Where we have to reconcile what we think our plans are and our our plans, our path, our ambitions, whatever it is. And we got to lean them up against what God's true plan is. Have that be our course correction. Everything that we go out and do and everything that we seek first has to pass through the gate, first has to pass through the lens of Jesus. So when we go out and we do his work, when we go out for provision like the sheep, we are going through Jesus. Everything that we do to step into his will, everything that we are, how we interact with people, all those am I questions, they got to pass through the lens of Jesus. Then what's beautiful is then when we come in, Through the gate, we go out and then we come in. We're also passing through Jesus. In times of work, and times of rest, allow Jesus to be the gate. Jesus to be the gate that we pass through. Because if we do that, that's always going to set us on his path. It's always going to see who we are in him and then that is going to be life to the full. He says we will be saved and then promises we will also have life to the full. And life to the full isn't going down the path of all these different voices and these false shepherds that we hear. No, life to the full is knowing fully who we are in God. Who we are as children of God, as members of the family of God, members of the kingdom of heaven, that is life to the full. So then these am I questions that we struggle with turn into I am statements. When we ask am I loved, turns into I am loved. Am I seen turns into I am fully known. Am I alone turns into I'm a child of God. Jesus is the complete and full I am. And we can lean on that entirely. Because as we navigate these tough moments, these crossroads in our lives where we are asking, am I this? Maybe you're faced with a question like that very recently. Wondering if you are good enough, if you're the right person, if you are loved, if you are equipped, am I anything of importance? Well, you see, the shepherd's calling to you to pass through his gate, be saved, and live life to the full. We get to rest fully in Yahweh, in I Am, because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us. See, we get to pass through that gate through Jesus and follow him because he goes before us. We remember that whenever we celebrate communion together. It's this opportunity, it's this time to say yes to Jesus, to follow his voice and to know his voice as we listen for it. It says that on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. This is the path, which is for you. This is the voice, which is for you, because I am. Do this in remembrance of me. The same night, he took the cup. He said, this is my new covenant, my promise to you in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me to the king. If you're in a moment this week where you're struggling with these MI questions and you would love just encouragement from from somebody. Encouragement from another member of the family of God. I'll be down here. I'd love to pray with you and talk with you. Dan will be up here. Laura's in the the back as well. Just that time to come together and listen for the voice of God. Encourage one another as we follow in his voice. Then also today, if you feel like you are enslaved to these MI questions, And you want to follow the I am and be baptized into the family of God today. We're prepared for that. We'd love to celebrate the gift of baptism with you. Would you stand as we close in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that when we ask, am I, you answer with I am. Lord, that you are the gate. That when we pass through you, we will be saved. As we go out and as we come in, let us always pass through the lens and through the gate of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
2: foundation the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaking Hear those words guess what? He won't. No, no, no. He won't. I've still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be Cause i built my life on Jesus He's never let me down He's faithful in every season So why? So why would he fail now? He won't He won't fail today Be encouraged as you hear these words He won't No matter what you're going through Price is my friend. you going to. Here you go. He won't fail, he won't fail, no, he won't. As you go through your week, remember to seek and you will find, ask, and he will answer you. Knock and the door will be open to you. So no matter what you're going through, be encouraged today. Seek his face. seek his goodness. Seek his Holy Spirit, his grace and his mercy and his love and find someone to share that love with. So God bless you guys and have a great day. Yeah, here we go.